It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Hey, welcome to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson, minister working with the Kearney Church of Christ. And if you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, then, uh, yeah, I'm having problems with my camera. I seem to be going in and out. I'd be blue sometimes, and then I'll get flesh tones later. So I apologize for that, but I have nothing I can do with it, and I'm just going to go ahead and go with it. So hope you don't mind hearing a lesson from a Smurf, but it looks like that's what I'm going to be tonight. I don't have an understanding for it. Sometimes these things happen, and uh, sometimes they don't. Be that as it may, we're just going to live with uh, what takes place in electronics and try to get the message across. Gospel Preaching Live comes to you, as I said, every Sunday evening at 6 p.m., Thursday evenings at 7 p.m., Lord willing. And if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. Give us a like if you're watching Facebook and YouTube and uh, leave a comment in the comment section and share it. If you agree with the message, share it with as many people as you can. Help us to spread the message all across the world. Now, those of you listening on podcast or on the radio, you can call or text at 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. Bear in mind, I am in the central time zone. Now, you can also email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. So, now, let's go ahead and get started and see what we can come up with for a sermon this evening. Hopefully, as I said, you're going to find this to be edifying, and you're going to find it to be sound in speech, which is different than what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about corrupt speech. And uh, as you can see on the, the uh, title slide, if you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, uh, those are that's a sign that used to be on a building somewhere, and somebody took a picture of it. But uh, yes, corrupt speech is something that can hinder the work of Christ. Corrupt speech is something that the Lord does not want to, to hear. He doesn't want us to use our mouths in that way. We're not authorized to use our mouths in such a way. And so it's good for us to remind ourselves how we are supposed to use our mouths to glorify God. Because, <laughs> you know, so many times we get ourselves in trouble with our mouth. And, um, yeah, it's the uh, best thing we can do is to hear lessons like this over and over again, because it's just, it's a tough thing for all of us uh, to try to keep our mouths speaking as the Lord wants us to speak. And so let's go ahead and jump into the lesson and, and see what we can't pick up and, and be able to add to our lives. Now, when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, he uh, starts off in verse 34, and he, he, this is mid-sentence. I mean, he's already been talking to the Pharisees, but in Matthew chapter 12, we're going to pick up in verse 34, when he calls the Pharisees a brood of vipers, he goes, how can you speak good when you are evil? So there's a big clue right there. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. Well, that's, that's scary. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. 
So how important is it then for us to fill our hearts with good things if we want to be able to speak good? Uh, if we have a bad heart, we're not going to speak good things. It can't happen. And so we have to watch out for that. In Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 23, the writer says, The heart of the wise makes his speech judicious and adds persuasiveness to his lips. In other words, you're looking for what you can say that's going to edify. That's what you want to do. You want to build up, not to tear down. You want to build up spiritually and not tear people down. And if you're using corrupt speech, that's one form of tearing down. And that's not something we want to do. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 20 says, Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Wow, more hope for a fool. Well, a fool doesn't have much hope. And so uh, we better be thinking about what we're going to say before we say it. Don't be hasty in what we have to say. That can be a very, again, a very dangerous thing. And Proverbs chapter 17, verse 27 through 28, whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. You know, I've seen examples of that. <clears throat> there was a uh, uh, an example of a man who kept his mouth shut when there was problems at church. And after the church worked everything out, he never had said a word. But after the church worked everything out, everybody thought, wow, he's a wise man. Let's make him an elder. And uh, that's how he became an elder was because people were saying, you know, he, he's the one that kept his mouth shut. So, yes, we uh, people who keep their mouth shut are many times deemed intelligent. Ecclesiastes 5.2 says, Do not be rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven, and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. And we need to listen to God. We shouldn't be speaking, telling God what's what. We need to be listening to God and then uh, and thanking him for the things that he does for us. But we shouldn't be hasty to utter a word before God. We need to think about those things. Think about the things we're going to pray about. You know, are we praying things that the Lord approves? Or are we praying things that are not good for us. See, these are the kind of things we need to be thinking about. And then Ephesians 4.29 really is a text of our lesson. Not, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. We've already talked about that. Uh, no corrupting talk. I, I mean, he can't get any more explicit. No corrupting talk. So there's no room for any of it. Um, building up is what we need to focus on. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me again. They come in threes, so watch out. <laughs> okay, now let's go ahead and get into the points of our lesson, corrupting speech. And the first one I want to talk to you about is cursing. Many people have a problem with cursing. Nothing can hurt your influence with others more than for them to hear you curse. Uh, there was a, a man one time 
who I went to church with, and uh, me and another man were working for him. And that man came up, and he just started cursing one side and down the other. And, of course, the man I was with, he said, boy, he goes, I can't even believe that man's Christian talking like that. See, it hurt his it hurt his reputation, and it hurt his influence. Uh, that's what cursing can do. Other than being, you know, it's corrupting speech, and we're not supposed to take part in that. But uh, in some places, uh, in 2013, for instance, it was a it was against the law to as you know. I put that sign up at the beginning of the uh, uh, lesson, but in uh, Mississippi, there was a code in 2013. I don't know if it's still there or not, but uh, you you weren't allowed to uh, use profanity in public, and uh, they had a fine. And you could even be imprisoned uh, for uh, up to 30 days in jail or both. So, yeah, um, corrupt speech is something everybody knows is not Christ-like. And most places, it's just not acceptable, even though many people do it and they try to do it just to make themselves look like they're something special. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 73 we read, and after a little while, those who stood by came and said to Peter, surely you are one of them, for your speech betrays you. And then he began to curse and to swear, I do not know the man, and immediately the cock crowed. And that was, of course, relaying the story about how Jesus had told Peter that before that night had passed, before the cock crowed, uh, he would have denied Jesus three times. And so this was the last one, when uh, someone, he'd already denied him twice, but uh, notice what they said. They said, your speech betrays you, meaning Peter was definitely following Jesus because he had learned to, to watch what he said, which was different than most men. But to make himself fit in, he began to curse and to swear. Yes, <laughs> that just goes to show you that's not Christ-like. And people know it's not Christ-like. And so we shouldn't be engaged in such. In Mark chapter 7 and verse 10, Moses said, honor your father and mother, and whoever curses father and mother, let him die the death. And many times people do curse their parents by some of the things that they use corrupt speech for. Um, now, of course, that doesn't happen today. That was under the law of Moses. But it just goes to show you that the, the Lord was serious in the Old Testament about this. You were not supposed to speak badly about your parents. You weren't supposed to use corrupt speech concerning them. And then that wasn't the only one. Ecclesiastes 10.20 says, do not curse a king. No, not in your thought. And do not curse the rich in your bedroom. And he says, tells you why. A bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which has wings shall tell the matter. In other words, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard to keep a secret. So, yes, you got to be careful about your speech and who you address that uh, speech to. Uh, don't uh, be using corrupt speech toward a king. And don't be doing it toward the rich because the rich know how to, to get even with you. They have more influence than you do. In uh, Romans chapter 3 and verse 9 through 14, Paul is comparing the Jews and the Gentiles and basically saying that we were all under sin. And uh, he says, what then do we excel? No, in no way, talking about the Jews. We have before charged both Jews and Greeks all with being under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understands. There is none that seeks after God. They are all gone out of the way. They have together become unprofitable. There is none that does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open grave. 
with their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of ash was under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Right there, full of cursing and bitterness. And that marks someone who is not in Christ. A Christian now has to learn to control their tongue in that way. Those who aren't in Christ, they use their tongue the way they want to use their tongue. And so that's all that Paul was trying to get across. Uh, those who are of that nature, uh, this is what they do. That's why Peter started cursing and swearing the way he did uh, when he was confronted about his speech because he wanted to appear like other men. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 8, we read now, also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Filthy communication. Boy, we're reading a lot of verses about this. Yeah, it's good to hear these verses because filthy communication should not come into play. Uh, we shouldn't be cursing. Cursing has no place in the speech of a Christian. Now let's talk about gossip and slander. That's something that happens many, many places. And it's it's just a it's a horrible thing. Gossip is just talking behind somebody's back. And many times it's slander, even though they may be saying something true, it's slander because it's not it's not helping that person. You know, in Matthew chapter 18, it makes it very clear that if someone sins against you, you go and talk to them. If there is a matter that it, it, would concern somebody, go and tell them. Don't go and tell somebody else. Go and tell that person. But all too many times, people go and gossip and slander that person instead of trying to help them make their life right. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 20, Paul said, I fear that perhaps when I come, I may find you not as I wish and that you may find me not as you wish that perhaps there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. Look what it's it's being labeled with. Quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, conceit, and disorder is all grouped in together with slander and gossip. Those aren't good things. And so why would somebody want to take part in it? People like to gossip about somebody else because uh, they want to drive somebody down and make themselves look better many times. That's why they commit slander, uh, is to make themselves look better. But uh, Or they're trying to get even for some slight in some way. First uh, Timothy 5.13 says, besides that, now this is talking about uh, young widows and how they should, uh, they should remarry. And it says uh, the reason being, and we won't get into that, but it says the reason being, it says they learn to be idlers going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies saying what they should not. In other words, they're, <laughs> they need to be busy. They need to have jobs to do, and we all need to have work to do. If we don't have um, work to do, then we learn to be idlers, and we're going to start talking, and when we start talking to people, uh, many times, yes, that's when we start being gossips and busybodies. And we have a good example of someone who slandered in Genesis chapter 9. Uh, Noah got drunk. He had built himself a, a uh, in Genesis 9, starting verse 20, but he had built himself a vineyard and became drunk, and, and he, he, was, he was naked. And, um, of course, his son Ham 
found his father naked. And what did he do? He went and told his two brothers outside. Now, he shouldn't have done that. But uh, Shem and, ha- and Japheth did the right thing. They took a garment, laid it both on their shoulders. They walked in backwards so they wouldn't see their father's nakedness. And uh, they uh, placed the, the blanket upon him to cover him up. Now, th- that just goes to show you, you know, th- this is this is not something that we should be engaged in. This is not something that's that's right. This is a wrong thing. Uh, now, Shem and Japheth did the right thing, but Ham did something that was, was wrong. He was committing, uh, going around telling people about his father and gossiping and, and slandering him, making him look bad. So that's never a good thing, and we shouldn't be engaged in such. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 19 says, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. And sometimes people do. Uh, you need to be careful about what you tell people, or who you tell people, because uh, if they are uh, someone who has loose lips, they may go out and start talking about what you told them. And, and uh, if you're telling them secrets, don't be surprised if they reveal those secrets. Uh, you know, you, you, you got to be careful about what you say to people. Okay, let's talk about lying. That's another form of corrupt speech. Lying is not good. Lying is just simply saying something that's not true. And, you know, that's that's never a good thing. John 8, verse 44, Jesus said this about the devil when he was talking about lying. He says, you are of your father, the devil, talking to the Jews, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Therefore, there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yeah. And we're all tempted to lie from time to time. We get ourselves in a compromising situation, and we feel like we would be better off if we lied and got, you know, to run away from the consequences of facing the truth. And that's never a good thing. Uh, because then we're acting just like the devil and the devil is the father of lies. We don't want to do that. And so we got to be making sure we speak the truth. If we don't respect the truth, if we don't speak the truth, then people won't expect to hear the truth from us when we do. And of course, as preachers of the truth, we want people to know that when we're speaking, we're serious people. We, We do not lie. And uh, we don't want to cause doubt in people. We want them to be able to hear God's word and to know that is true. Proverbs 12.22 says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, meaning <laughs> it's a sin. It's just wrong. And so we need to make sure that when we're tempted, we go the other way with it, and we look to please the Lord by facing the truth. 1 Peter 3, 10 through 12, Peter said, Whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Okay, he says, let him keep his lips from speaking deceit. In other words, that's possible to do. And so that's something that we have to work on. We have to find the courage to stand up for the truth, even when we're fearful of what the consequences may be. And I know some people feel like in certain cases, it's justifiable to lie. 
And it's just not. I know some preachers, for instance, who feel like they can lie about going and trying out for a job somewhere uh, when they come back to the home congregation and, and they'll lie to them and say that they didn't try out for that job because they're fearful they'll lose their job. Listen, it's better not say nothing at all. But uh, if <laughs> that's just lying. And I've heard various uh, excuses as to how people try to justify that. And it's, it's, it's not a good, it's not a good practice. It's never a good practice. There are no good lies. Ephesians 4.25 says, wherefore putting away lying, let every man speak truth with his neighbor for we are members one of another. Put away lying. Don't be a partaker in it. Tell people what is true. And then finally, the last point I want to bring up is just foolish talk. So many times people engage in just um, foolish talk and it's, it's, it's corrupting speech. And you hear that in a lot of songs today uh, that contain foolish talks, especially uh, in, in certain brands of songs. And it's, it's just, it's ridiculous that people would sing such things, much less say them. Ephesians 5 verse 4 says, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. So we got to be careful about foolish talk. Uh, we got, <laughs> we need to be serious people. And uh, foolish talk is something that the Lord is not pleased with. Proverbs 18 and verse 13 says, if anyone gives an answer before he hears it, it is to his folly and shame. And before that, in verse 2, it says, a fool takes no pleasure and understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. So think about that. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only expressing his opinion. And uh, many times uh, he doesn't even think about his answer he gives before. He just goes with it. You know, that's just foolish, foolish talk. In 1 Timothy 6 and verse 20, Timothy is said to guard the deposit entrusted to you Avoid irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. And now that could be some of the things that are brought up today that you know go against uh, what the truth teaches, such as things like uh, global warming, the theory of it, uh, such as the fact that some people are teaching there is no God. Uh, the, the theory of evolution would be another one. Uh, we can go on and on, but uh, that's just irreverent battle. And, and it's contradiction to what is falsely called knowledge. In other words, science says it's smart, but God says it's foolishness. And so we should avoid such. I knew of a church. I was at a church one time. I was visiting with them. I was going to preach for them that day. And in Bible class, they got into a, a big discussion. In fact, they started arguing about UFOs. <laughs> Believe it or not, UFOs. That's irreverent babble. And so we need to make sure that we're not involved in such things. Psalms 14 and verse 1, this is a good example. The fool says in his heart there is no God. That is just babble. That is babbling. The fool says in his heart there is no God. When people are going around saying there is no God, or even saying it to themselves, they're babbling and they're just saying foolishness. And it's most discouraging. So corrupting speech comes 
in different forms. It comes in cursing, comes in gossip and slander, comes in lying, and it comes through foolish talk. And we have to be careful of each and every one. I'll leave you with James chapter 3 and verse 2 through 6. It says, For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. And if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also, though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. I love great force to set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. Yeah, we got to really be careful and mindful of our speech. All right, that's all I got for you this evening. Hopefully it's been beneficial to you. If you're ever in the Kearney, Missouri area, Hey, come and look us up. We're at 406 North Clark, and we meet Sunday mornings at 930 Central Time for Bible study, 1030 for worship. You can learn all about the church, directions, whatever you need to know by going to carneychurch.com. If you like this lesson, you want to hear more like it, tune to KPGZ 102.7 FM in Kearney, Missouri, every Sunday morning at 7 a.m., and you'll hear a lesson just like this. If you are outside of Kearney, download their app. They got a good app. You can download their app and you can listen right on their app, right on your cell phone every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Now, Gospel Preaching Live is broadcast also. It's put in podcast form and, and published on Spotify. If anyone has, just look for Gospel Preaching Live and you'll find it. If uh, anyone has any other platforms they want me to use, just let me know. Brand Spirits is an internet show that comes on every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Me and two other preachers get together and we try to study as the Brians on a different topic each week. If you'd like to take part in that, go to carneychurch.com and press on the Brian Spirits app. And uh, you can leave comments in the comment section as you watch us live. And many times we use those on the show. If you want to watch a past episode uh, or a live episode, it doesn't matter, but you know the past episodes are left up there and uh, you can watch those as well. Or, you can listen to it also on Spotify. We publish right there on Spotify as well. Okay, and next time I come to you, hopefully, Lord willing, will be this Sunday at 6 p.m. Until then, remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.